Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson, brought to you by Surefire Local. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you grow and improve your business. What I try to do is take different topics week after week that I think are really relevant and helpful to your business. In many ways, some of these topics, as I go back and reflect on this series over the last couple of years, have tended to be a little bit more motivational, a little bit more higher level kind of ways of thinking about things. Today I'm going to get into a topic in a moment that's a little bit more tactical, a little bit more granular, something that you can actually integrate into your business literally tomorrow and see potential returns. I really encourage those that are regular listeners, you know, go back at different times of the year and look at the Remodeling Mastery series. Look at how you can leverage these simple little recordings to be able to help you not only understand and make the right decisions, but also communicate it to your team as well. Today, the topic I want to get into is titled, The Power of Three. Many, many years ago, I started to think about this subject in terms of, you know, how do I communicate a little bit more clearly? How do I simplify the decision process? How do I, in my own mind, kind of make sense out of things. And what I realized is that if I could have a certain number of alternatives or structure a communication with uh, three alternatives or three elements within it, I could be more successful. So in this podcast, I want to give you many different uses of the power of three. The power of three, in many ways, as it relates to your client, is a way to kind of properly frame certain topics and subjects. If you really think about it, one of your biggest competitors in this business is really not other remodelers, builders, or architects. It's really the client themselves. It's their overwhelm. It's their ignorance. It's their ability to understand. And a big part of your role in the process is not only to advise, but also to educate them to how to understand the remodeling process. The power of three is a wonderful way to do it. And if you really think about this, if you communicate whatever it happens to be, selections, ways of doing things, levels of remodeling in three, you really can be more successful. So what do I mean by that? If you give a client one alternative, one design concept, one choice, one solution, then you run the risk at that point of them judging or choosing you based on the solution and not you. You might be the smartest, the best authority when it comes to remodeling in your community, but if you only give the client one solution, you run the risk of them liking it or disliking it. If you give them two solutions or two alternatives or concepts, then that's certainly better than one. However, the natural tendency, I think, today especially on the client's part is to say to themselves, what should I do to go out and look for alternatives beyond that? So they might want to continue to research and shop. If you give them seven alternatives, 
then they're overwhelmed. They're paralyzed. Many years ago, I had a psychologist come on my radio and talk about the level of stress and overwhelm. And as I studied that a little bit further, I realized the proliferation of choices today oftentimes are the reasons that people cannot proceed. So going back to the power of three, if you give them too many options, then oftentimes they are overwhelmed and paralyzed. So the key number in all of this is to give them three. Three, I think, at that point, they feel fulfilled in terms of looking properly at all the decisions and all the alternatives. Three, I think, is they get, have a level of respect and certainly pride in terms of what they're doing. Three, they're feeling like they're not going to make a mistake. If you give them three, they'll also look at you in terms of, as a professional, really exploring the alternatives. Now, when it comes to designs and concepts, it's not necessarily three great designs. It's three alternatives that allow them to more properly make the decision. And I'm going to get into a little bit more details. So let's just break apart and talk about some of the different uses of the power of three. The first one is the fundamental decision that they're making to proceed with you. Oftentimes they think they have to address literally hundreds of decisions, hundreds of questions in their mind before they actually are able to proceed in working with you either in a remodeling process or certainly a design process. So there are three really important closing questions. And these three, as you listen to these and you reflect on these, you have to put them into your own words, into your own dialect that you're comfortable with. And I encourage you to maybe stop the recording after you hear these, reflect on these, and go back even and listen to these three questions before. So let me go ahead and tee up the three questions for you. The way you approach this is oftentimes in situations when the client says, well, I really need to think about it. I really need to, you know, kind of sleep on the decision and I'll get back to you. The first thing you oftentimes want to say to a client is that you understand this isn't, in fact, an important decision. You know, you don't want to be disappointed or arm wrestle with them if, in fact, they can't immediately proceed. You've got to be empathetic. You've got to be professional. You've got to be an advisor. Don't take off that sort of advisor hat and start to get defensive. So oftentimes I encourage when I'm coaching and training groups or individuals is start with something as simple as I do appreciate, you know, the importance of this decision. Many clients have found, oftentimes use a third-party phrase, many clients have found there are three critical questions that you need to ask yourself in this stage in the process. The first question is, how do you feel about the advice and the direction that we've discussed? The second question is the level of investment consistent with what you'd like to put into this project. And the third is, do you think I and we are a good fit to make your project dream come true? So again, real quickly to repeat these three questions. The first question is about advice and direction 
or it could be about design. The second question is about money, investment. The third question is about you. It's about the relationship. So then you go back and revisit those three questions. You ask the client, you know, Mary and John, I feel like we've come up with some pretty good directions and concepts. How do you all feel about that? Well, what I found statistically, both in terms of my own business, but also in terms of training others, that generally 90, 95% of the time, the client actually is pretty excited about the concepts, the idea, the direction. And they'll acknowledge it at that time. How do I feel about the level of investment? Well, more times than not, oftentimes it's sort of a coin toss. They're not really comfortable with that level of investment. Maybe it's 50-50. Some companies, some individuals, it may be 30% of the time that they're comfortable with the investment. And then the third element or third question is, how do I feel about the relationship? How do I feel about working with you? Most of the time, if you follow the process or if you've moved along through it, they will feel comfortable in terms of working with you. So what this does is, is it helps to frame the decision. It helps to isolate what the objections are in the conversation. It allows you to move towards, I think, helping them make the right decision. So if more times than not they're okay with the direction, they're excited about working with you, and the only real objection is the money element or the investment, then you can move to another application of the power of three. And that is, so let's spend some time talking about the project, the budget, and the level of investment. Generally, there are three ways to increase or decrease the level of investment. Now, I'm a big believer to say increase or decrease as opposed to decrease only because the reality is you are the advisor and they can in fact spend more, not less. So your job is really to give them the direction, not just try to cut the cost. So there are three ways to increase or decrease the level of investment. Number one is the scope of work. Number two is design and specifications, and number three is client involvement. Number one, you give them examples of the scope of the work. It might be that they postpone doing some replacement of existing windows in that new kitchen space. It might be that the integration of the new kitchen to the adjoining space gets put off on a project for the future, but they try to reduce the scope of work a little bit. And you give them some general ideas of the magnitude of the budget that they might save as a result of that. The second is design and specifications. If you're working with them on a kitchen, there's obviously wide variations. If you're working with them on a bathroom, there's wide variations. You can also bring in different elements, for example, uh, design elements in terms of how the design is done in terms of moving the sink location or, in fact, the specifications of the window type and the manufacturers of these products. Give them some ideas as it relates to different ways that they can, again, decrease 
or increase, but primarily the goal is decrease the level of investment. Now, one of the critical things with these three that you've got to keep in mind, these are not necessarily recommendations. I'll say that again. These are not necessarily recommendations. These are educative elements to help them understand how they can increase or decrease the level of investment. You can get to the right rec recommendations a little bit later. The third element is client involvement. Now, most remodelers, most design-build firms, most specialty-type firms have a pretty rigid process in terms of how they like to work with clients. Client involvement isn't necessarily what ultimately they choose to do. Client involvement is about a discussion. Client involvement is about how they can increase or decrease the level of investment. Obviously, the more you do for them, the more that you're the middleman or the more the services you're providing, the more it's ultimately going to cost. The flip side of that is true as well. So, for example, on certain projects, you might say to them, have you ever worked with a decorator or a painter? Well, many, many times they'll say yes, or you can recommend one. And then you might say, you know, we actually have, have that step in the process at the very, very end. And we're sort of the middleman in the process. So I could recommend, or you could use your painter to take care of those, and you might save a little bit of money at the end. There might be different elements in the project that the client can get a little bit more involved. Now, again, I want to repeat this again. These are not recommendations. These are understanding budgeting alternatives. At the end of the day, the client needs to make, make the decision that it's really their money that they're spending, not necessarily your price. And if you really take kind of a position that I'm going to be their tour guide and help them through the process, you're going to be more successful. So as we move to the power of three, to summarize the first one, there, these are three closing questions. And if you can master how to get to that awkward place and take them through the process, you're going to increase your close rate by 5 or 10% by mastering the power of three with these closing questions. Another example of power of three as it relates to the projects are that there are three types of remodelers or three types of remodeling businesses to work with. I think if you think about this uh, from their perspective, you know, again, you're helping to advise and guide them. A good way to present this is to be able to say to them, if they're talking with other people, again, encourage them to do that. However, have them understand that there really are, in the remodeling environment, three kind of levels of businesses that they can work with. One is the smaller remodeler that's very focused on the craft. Uh, generally, they work out of their home. They go from project to project. They will oftentimes have a kitchen project, then a deck project, then a roofing project, and a bath project. Maybe they'll do one or two kitchens a year, one or two bathrooms a year. But they're oftentimes very honest, hardworking people, but they really are focused on going from project to project. Generally speaking, that type of remodeler, you know, keeps what is necessary in terms of minimal insurance and business requirements 
uh, to be able to have their business, and they usually are going to be 10 to 20% less expensive. The other type of remodeler is what oftentimes we call the boutique remodeler. That's kind of the signature remodeler. They're going to tend to really control the design and control the process. And we call it a signature remodeler because when you go to a cocktail party, you know, you want to just tell your friends that you worked with that particular signature architect designer. You know, in our area, we have a fellow or a woman by the name of X that oftentimes represents that. Now, usually, while the technical construction is oftentimes not better, usually you're going to pay, you know, 10, 20, 30% more in working with that kind of individual. Then you have a layer in the middle that represents probably about 10% of the remodelers in the area or the community, and that's what we call the professional remodeler. The professional remodeler has, you know, processes and systems in place to really control cost and control time and project quality. Professional remodeler is really looking not just on the today, but they're looking at, you know, project two and project three down the road. So there's kind of thinking ahead in terms of the relationship and master plans. Now, generally, as I said earlier, the professional remodeler might be a little bit more expensive than the very small remodeler, but also might be a little bit less expensive than the boutique remodeler. And then you simply go on to say, we are a professional remodeler. This is the kind of firm we are. And as you get more comfortable with this, you might highlight you know, one or two of the other professional remodelers that you know their pricing is going to be competitive with yours in the area. So it really helps to educate the client that the power of three in this case is three types of remodeling businesses that they can work with. Sometimes people use metaphors and analogies as it relates to these different kind of things, like going to a car dealership versus a local gas station to get certain projects done. You might also weave in the levels of risk that certain types of projects have within their home in terms of working with either the craftsman, the professional remodeler, or the boutique. Another use of the power of three when it comes to remodeling projects are levels of remodeling that they can oftentimes tackle. I think this is especially true when in bathroom remodeling. However, it really does relate to all projects. What you need to do with the power of three is get into the mindset that this is the way I'd like to communicate and give them three or break it in three because it helps them to understand, helps them to make proper decisions. So as it relates to the different levels of remodeling, you might say, you know, in bathroom remodeling or master bathroom remodeling type projects, what we generally find is there's three levels of renovation that you can do. The first is cosmetic, the second is intermediate, and the third is full gut and redo. In the cosmetic, as we really work with clients, what we find is oftentimes just by going in and doing cosmetic things, you can make a dramatic improvement. 
changing bath accessories, putting in new shower doors, you know, sprucing it up, painting, uh, doing detailing, new hardware, those kind of things. And all of a sudden, you spent only a few thousand dollars and you really have made a new bathroom or at least bought yourself an extra five or ten years with that bathroom. The second is more of an intermediate level of remodeling in a bathroom. An intermediate level is actually where you keep some of the fundamental bones of the bathroom. You keep the tower, shower or the tub in place. You keep the fundamental tile. And what you do is you go and you place the vanity cabinets, the tops, the mirrors, the toilets, the fixtures, the fittings, uh, shower heads. You put in new shower doors. And again, all these kind of things, as well as the cosmetic things you do as well, that really spruce up and make a pretty dramatic difference to a bathroom. And again, probably for most people would buy themselves even more time and probably 10 years or so before they got into a more full gut and redo. Third level of remodeling is more the gut and redo. That's where we have more of a blank canvas. That's where we can go in, we can start to move things around, we literally gut the bathroom, take it down to its bones, put back all the latest uh, technologies, the latest uh, construction techniques, certainly, as well as all the fixtures and the, the new tile or marble or whatever it happens to be, and certainly all the things that we would do with the intermediate remodeling and all the cosmetic. For this level of remodeling, obviously the level of investment is X to, to Y. Now what you're doing with the power of three is a couple of things here. As they're thinking about what they're doing, what you're doing is really showing them three different levels of remodeling, but you're also creating a little bit of ambiguity in terms of how your pricing is to what others are. You know, did that other remodeler, as he talked about this, was he planning more of an intermediate level of remodeling as opposed to you talking about a gut and redo? You know, your biggest challenge, again, in home remodeling is, in fact, the confusion that's really out there. There's many other uses, I think, when it comes to the power of three. Another one that's fairly common is three levels of quality, kind of the good, better, best, so to speak. I think if you can get into the mindset and work with a client and practice the three and the power of three when it comes, you're going to be much, much more successful. You're going to be successful in the client understanding, really, and feeling fulfilled that they've looked at the alternatives. You're also, I think, going to reduce some of the confusion that exists, and you're really giving them the permission. You're giving them the license to be able to say yes, to be able to proceed with you and the company. So as you start to think about these topics, you know, you can use the power of three also in different elements. You can talk about, when it comes to your team, three top priorities that we want to focus on. You can talk about, I think, elements when it comes to three levels that we really need to start uh, the beginning, the middle, and the end, so to speak, of projects. Start to think in terms of structuring these things in three parts, and you're going to be more successful. So I encourage you, you know, start to think about, start to use, start to open up your eyes to the possibilities as it comes up with the power of three. So I hope at least 
as I said early on in this podcast, this was a little bit more granular, a little bit more specific, a little bit more techniques. However, I think for many of you out there that are oftentimes struggling with how I go about doing something, not just what it is, you're going to be more successful. Take care, everyone. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Local. For more podcasts, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast.